Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host here, Heidi Fang, and we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We're also presented to you on Blue Wire podcast with Liquid Death. All right, everybody, time to get into it here with my guest, Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie, also a contributor for Silver and Black Pride. Uh, make sure you check out Tape Don't Lie. Great work there. So Marcus Johnson at the Mark John NFL on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me again, Heidi. Always a pleasure to have you talk to you every Tuesday, and always a pleasure to come on this podcast as well. So, yeah, I have to get into what's happening with the state of the Raiders right now. Uh, we saw Jared Stidham get his first career NFL start and lead the Raiders to over 500 yards of offense against the top defense in the NFL. Right now, though, what would you say was the best design that he had going for him on that field that helped to elevate him to the performance that he had? I thought, you know, early on in the game, I mean, they probably had the best 15 game like opening script that I've seen Josh McDaniels. He was definitely ready for the 49ers, man. He had the 49ers totally off balance, had guys running wide open. I mean, Devontae Adams is running wide open. Darren Wall is running wide open. I mean, there's, they're just, uh, you know, putting that heavy personnel. They weren't ready for that. They weren't ready for all that heavy personnel, guys moving around. And, um, you know, a lot of the designs he had put them in a, in a bind. Um, they weren't ready for any of that coming out. So I thought it was a great opening script and, it really made Stidham feel comfortable. Um, and then and then this uh, as the game went along, I thought that he still played pretty well. Uh, but, you know, I thought the pressure started to get to him a little bit. Uh, the, the offensive line, which, you know, has kind of broke down uh, kind of basically most of these games. I mean, first half, they were awesome. Second half, they were really bad. And then you kind of saw the offense started to slow down just a little bit. There's more punts. You know, they didn't punt at all the first half. First half, they just rolling all over them. <laughs> the second yeah. half, you kind of saw them stall a little bit, had, you know, had some interceptions. Uh, Jared Stidham, I think uh, he was 10 of 14 in the first half, and he went ended up 12 of 20 in the second half. So kind of saw, you know, kind of go back to how the offense kind of looked. It just had a little bit more explosive plays. So they got to fix the interior offensive line and make sure this offense keeps going forward and, and uh, keeps getting better. Absolutely. Uh, I would probably start with Alex Bars if I had to pick a wink link right now. I know that it wasn't, you know, given the situation of all that's happened with the offensive line. His grades, if you look at PFF, seem to be uh, the one that hovers in the 50 range. You know, it's not what you want to see. Uh, yeah. Run blocking, they've been all right, but or pass blocking, not so much. What do you attribute that to? Is it a breakdown in scheme or is it just the talent level, what you're looking at with these guys? Well, yes, talent level is one. Talent level is one. I mean, Alex Bars, he's just not a starting NFL guard. I mean, mm -hmm. definitely maybe a backup you, you want to play, but I mean, he's playing on purpose. It's not really it's like a it's not really like he's he's coming in if somebody's hurt. They're actually playing him. So it's not some, something you want to do going forward. It's not something you want to do in the long term, you know, so they definitely got to fill that position. You know, then they, they got to put Parham in the right spot. I think Parham, I mean, it's hard for me to say he's bad. I don't want to say he's bad because, right. you know, I saw him play on the right side. He played really well. Even at center, I thought he played pretty good. Um, so it, it's, I don't want to say he's bad. It's just I think he's in, a, he's in a position that he's not good at. He had a great run blocking game, though, and I thought they ran. They had a good run blocking game altogether, all of them. But, uh, you know, and Andre, I think Andre James, I mean, 
if somebody's a nose guard ends up lining over him, he's he's just losing all year. And I think that this protection scheme is very difficult. So they got to bring in some veterans. I think they got to bring in some good veterans. And I think they got to draft some guys that they think are really smart, like Parham. Because I don't think Parham has that. I think he does pick up stunts a little bit. Uh, you know, struggles with that a little bit, but I think he did it better on the right side and the left side. So yeah. they can get him back on the right and they can work that out. I think they could do a lot of things with this offensive line because I think Illuminar is actually having a really good year. And I think Miller is having a good year because Nick Bosa didn't take over that game until they started moving him inside. So I thought they did really well. Um, so you, I think you have some good right tackles. If you like Illuminar, you might want to draft somebody. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, um, to me, I think he's a good starting right tackle. He's done pretty well. And, it, you know, Miller has been a stud all year to me in my opinion. So. Right. Even if he did run into Stidham on that play, we are not going to use that Man, one play. He's going to lose sometimes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and I will say that uh, they, they taught them a new technique this year. And I think that's yeah. kind of a little of adjustment that he's had that they, he opens up with his hand out more. Yes. And, he has, and he has to get his hands inside quicker. He's doing a good job as the season went along. But, you know, Nick Bosa, man, he, he gave him a little jazz up and went right into it. Right. Yeah. When you think about that, the technique and you notice that with him, I don't know if it's necessarily a struggle, but it is different. That technique that you were talking about, what do you think goes into the teaching of that? Like what is behind having Colton Miller change his technique there? See, I think it has a lot to do with making sure that you're level with everybody. Right, okay. staying level with your guard and all that stuff, and make sure you're the right, you're at the right position. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I might not be the correct hundred percent on that, but that's just kind of my feel on it. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it is a new technique that he's learning, and it took him a while to get his hands inside quick. I mean, it, it is kind of hard. You have to, you have these. I mean, the, the edge rushers these days are ridiculous athletically. It's just nuts. I mean, they're basically like running backs, wide receivers with at 260 pounds, 250 pounds. So, you know, it's it's crazy how fast they can run at you and how strong they are. You know, if you ain't getting your hands inside really quick, I mean, this could be a long day for you. So right. he's adjusted, though. He's a, he's a really well. I thought he had a good day. Most of the, I, I, mean, I don't want that to be overshadowed at that one play he did lose. But, I mean, he he – he had a good day against Bosa um, overall. I mean, they, they had to move Bosa inside a little bit to to get him going. So I, I think that kind of factored in how good the tackles played. Right. Uh, overall, we've been really kind of looking at Stidham and the possibility that he may be the Raiders starting quarterback moving forward. What do you think about the chances that exist for that? And what do you think he could do with this offense if he were – the actual name starter in 2023. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I said, I mean, they get a good offensive line, man. I, I think they, they could, he could, he did well when he had a clean pocket. I thought that was clean. Everything was clean when he had a clean pocket. He didn't miss a lot of throws. Uh, he, he didn't make a lot of mistakes there. Um, you know, he didn't throw the ball in the traffic or anything. I, I think there was a few times maybe he let, uh, you know, he kind of, could have went through his reads while he was in the pocket. I mean, even the touchdown, I made a joke about that on Twitter, but you know, he, he could, you know, with Tom, if that was Tom Brady, it'd probably just be a completion somewhere. It would be all be bored. Yeah. But you know, yeah. he, he made, he made that play more exciting than it had to be. And ended up being a huge play. Right. So, uh, you know, there's some kind of some like, you know, some, some quarterback nuances things with him and something in the pocket, but it was clean enough that it got the job done. It was just when he, when he got under pressure, it was a little different for him. So, how does he handle pressure? How does he handle blitzing? Because, you know, they didn't blitz him a lot in the first half, right? And, and they kind of, you know, played kind of simple defense against him. I think, you know, I didn't think they took him very seriously. And in the second half, they started getting mixing it up. They started like, you know, switching coverages at the, at the, uh, at the after the snap and started switching coverages and stuff like that, trying to, to confuse him. 
So, you know, I, I think, you know, he should be proud of that. He got a little respect from D'Amico Ryans, but also saw the offense kind of <laughs> going down a little right. bit with that. Yeah. So, but um, I, I think that that was a, a good aspect for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays against the Chiefs before we even make any decisions because, you know, just the way he handled the blitz, you know, they Chiefs are a cover zero team. They're going to come after him. I mean, they, they're going to see that what happens in the second half. He's, we'll see how he handles it. And, and if he works through it and, and he makes some big throws, I, I think you can see something going forward. Right. What does he do differently that, uh, you know, in terms of what we saw to Derek Carr over the past nine seasons, right? And thinking of just how different a quarterbacks they are now that we've seen them both, like the mobility, for instance, like he's not yeah. necessarily a running quarterback, but he does have the dual threat about him. He does have yeah. the legs. He can keep a play alive in that way. What did you think in comparison to Carr stood out about Jared Stidham from what you had seen with the Raiders team in the past nine years? So, so I, I would say that I, I wouldn't say that he's more of a, not a pocket passer. I, I think that's kind of what I learned from watching this. I don't think I don't know how comfortable he feels there for a long period of time, like just like mm-hmm. going through his reads. He wants to use his legs and his athleticism. So, I mean, to be honest, he reminded me a lot of Marcus Mariota, which I thought was interesting. I, I thought there was a lot of you know you, you want to use your athleticism, but I thought he's, he's more accurate than him. I would say he's def- definitely a bigger arm too. So, but you see the same size and kind of uh, the athleticism. Um, with that. And I think he does want to use his legs a little bit more often than to kind of hang in the pocket. And, uh, and, you know, like I said, there's, there's times where he ran and he had an open guy downfield and maybe if he just kind of just went through his reads, he hits it. Right. But he still ended up getting the first down. So, you know, you, how upset can you be about that? All right. I say it's results of a process. Right. So yeah, he could have processed it, processed it better, made a, made a throw downfield and, you know, maybe some other quarterbacks would do that, but he still ended up getting the first down. Like it doesn't really matter at that point, you know, but you know, at, at some point, you want to see him play it from a little bit from the pocket, just mute, just more comfortability there, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you kind of feel like he just doesn't like it there. Right. Like he wants to get out of it. So right. um uh, I said that's the big difference between them. And I think Josh McDaniels too has to play around that. I think you can do a lot of more things with him, create with creativity that I think you could put more college elements into the offense with him if you really want to do that. And, and that's what we really didn't see this week. I, I thought, you know, when they went up, and they had like a chance to run the ball. They could have mixed it up. They could have got him some good runs, some zone reads, right? Uh, and you know, have him you know make some plays with his legs. And then that put that would put the Niners in all tight so bind. They would not be rid of that for that at all, right? So uh, <laughs> I think it's something they got to mix up too. That they they could they could do a lot more things with him that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you, if you want him to kind of be constantly be the pocket passer, I, I think that it, it could start to fall apart when we see some of those things were happening under pressure. I think you got to keep him in the move and like allow him to you know, get going, you know, too. Yeah. Okay. So if you're looking ahead to 2023, it looks as though, you know, obviously we've heard from David Carr at this point, we know that Derek is looking at moving on to what lies ahead for him. So if you have to make a decision on the free agents that exist, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Baker Mayfield, there's obviously Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, both of whom have had experience under the McDaniel system. Who do you see being in silver and black, managing under center for the Raiders in 2023? Uh, I mean, if I had to take a guess, I mean, um, it'd probably be either probably like maybe like Jacoby Brissett, somebody that might be coming there. I think he might be a cheap option for them. Um, I, know, I know they might look at Jimmy G. Uh, I don't know how much 
how much they like Jimmy G because if you bring Jimmy G, I, I think you, I mean, is he the starter? Do you do you draft somebody behind him? Like I think they're kind of brings because he's like the is he a bridge? Isn't he a bridge? Is he a bridge? Right. I don't know. Is he a starter? <laughs> but he's like he's too yeah. much on that bridge starter thing. Like do you, do they just give him yeah. a contract? Does Jimmy want to start somewhere where there's no bridge behind him? I think it's gonna be a little difficult for that. I, I don't know. You know, Tom threw 40 yards last week. Who knows how he's gonna go out the season? Like, that's why I think like he might go out like the NFC's kind of up and down there's some young quarterbacks over there he's an old veteran you know you don't know with tom so uh but tom would be awesome here. I mean, i'll definitely save all of everything that we wouldn't like about mcdaniels he'd fix it so he would definitely <laughs> if there's something like something uh bad that maybe a play call that didn't end up working and tom would make it work so uh <laughs> so i mean that that's kind of like he would be a big big get but I think they brought Michael Jacoby Brissett. I think they really like Jarek, though. It's the way they played him. I think it just kind of opened it up for me. Like, they really like him. Yeah. And even think back to training camp, I mean, he took some first-team reps with those other guys a, a little bit, too, right? So I wonder how they feel about him. You know, Do they feel like that he could be the guy? And the way they played, I think they, they think that. <laughs> you know, I just – you know, you just don't come out throwing with a young quarterback, the backup guy. You, you're up 24 to 14. You just don't, you just don't usually see teams just keep trying to – throw 500 yards and yeah, yeah. That, i think they have a lot of confidence in him so I, I i think they might even keep him and then draft somebody behind him and make him compete and see what he could do i like that uh so you think tb12 still got it then raider fans are going to be accepting <laughs> they're not going to accept <laughs> that's what I that's the part that I'm wondering. I mean, obviously McDaniels would do what he needs to do, right? But I'm wondering how many Raider fans jump ship. I mean, once the game started. Once the game started, we'll be fine. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's take a break on that note. We'll come back here more. Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie. Stay tuned. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here, and I'm with Marcus Johnson. Tape Don't Lie. Check out all the great stuff that he does with BD Williams as well. You guys put together a great show. I always enjoy watching it. I watch it as much as I can, as often as I can. Love the way you guys break things down on film. Uh, something we have to get into, we did not yet discuss, the defensive side of the ball. When you look at, at just the amount of contracts next year that are going to be uh, ending or coming to conclusion and debating whether or not these guys come back from the likes of maybe even you throw Anthony Averitt in there. Obviously, he's probably not going to come back. Um, Denzel Perryman, don't know. Deron Harmon, does it depend on where he's at with you know, being a seasoned vet and all in his career and having put the years in that he's done in the NFL? What do you think they do to try to start restructuring this defense? 
I just think I start drafting guys for the scheme. And that's they got to decide what they're going to do with Patrick Graham. Does he come back? Yeah. Do we get a new scheme that comes in? I think that's going to kind of decide how we go for defense because I think a lot of these guys that are here, they're Gus Bradley guys. Divine Diablo, Gus Bradley. Nate Hobbs, Gus Bradley. And so they, they, they just had to decide, okay, Nate Hobbs won't play slot for us, right? So we want him to play outside, mm-hmm. right? And that didn't work out as well because because Nate Hobbs, I mean, who knows where Gus Bradley hit goes? If they traded him to Gus Bradley, he'd probably become just like how he looked before, right? Right. Um, right? And Divine Diablo might look the same. Maybe they, how they use him, um, you know, that, that could help there. But I mean, he wasn't picking up the scheme at all. And, I mean, he's still very good against the run, though. But he wasn't picking up this pass game, and that's something she liked. They might have to go linebacker. Denzel Perryman's could be gone too, so they got to start bringing some guys in that could fit this scheme for sure. I feel like they tried to give the Gus Bradley guys a chance, and right. then it's not working out, right? So yeah, they gave all those guys a chance. You got to bring in some more better man corners. You know, you, I mean, I know you got Rocky Sin might be that type of guy. Maybe you find a guy in the draft that has that fit for Rocky Sin. I think there's a lot of great corners in this draft, and I think that's where they got to look for to to build this defense start building these cornerbacks i think it, even if you can't get past rush if you have some good corners and maybe you can hold the, make the quarterback hold the ball enough or you can get some late sacks or some hustle sacks or something like that so you want to be able to build up that secondary and you know maybe they make some big trades i know jesse bates is out there you know maybe yeah, it's something to get they look right i mean he's the franchise tag he hasn't got a deal yet uh there's garrett guys like that, that they could try to go after and make some big plays that who could uh, become playmakers, but you know, I think the only guy that maybe have a job secure is be Robinson, or I mean, because I, I think that he's young and he's just making some plays out there and he's tough. But it, it all decides that they keep Patrick Grant too. I mean, because if they don't, then that's a good question, <laughs> right? It, it, all, it all starts again, so we'll see. I mean, if they give him a mulligan for like, yeah, you didn't have the players, we gave the Gus Bradley guys a shot, now let's go get your players. That should be the right thing to do, in my opinion. But, you know, it's a business. We never know. So I'm curious when I look at the Giants, you know, what the defense, you know, was it was it Patrick Graham that built the defense that is now or was it Wink Martindale that took the same guys and made them better? I don't I, I've been playing that one out because, you know, if you think about foundation and how the players are brought in, you have to attribute some of that to Graham. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not too far off there. OK. And then but Wing Martindale obviously being who he is, I mean, the, he, his track record speaks for himself with what he's done with defenses and coordinating them and making them stellar uh, and exceptional in the league so um if you had to say you know what would be a priority in you said man corners and i like that but in terms of linebackers or even the the corners that are kind of more hybrid you know players like how many uh, players like that are you looking at to bring in into the patrick graham system to fit because it seems like he had a lot of those players that could kind of play you know uh, um a mess as a safety, but also hit like, you know, Jonathan Abram type, you know, look like a, a yeah, linebacker yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, they got, they got to go out and try to find those players. I mean, that's why I was talking about like trading for this. Yeah. I, I would love to see him with that type of player. Right. Cause I think Deron Harmon, who, who's a solid NFL player, he looks pretty good in the scheme. Right. And then mm-hmm. even if you like matched him up with Jesse Bates, I mean, that's not a bad package there. And, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta go find players like that. I mean, the draft, I've got to the safeties. I, I you know, I, really too much to know exactly who's out there. But I, I know there's a lot of corners that could do a lot of things. Like I, I love Christian Gonzalez because Christian Gonzalez can do exactly what you're talking about. He could go up to play safety. He could play in the corner. He could play uh, a quarterback as well. So that's some, somebody that uh, I watch 
that can fit that mold of move around type of guy that you're talking about. And because he plays inside, he plays outside, um, he can tackle like crazy. And, uh, you know, he's a tough, tough player. I think it's somebody that really get a like uh, at the cornerback position just because he's tough and he makes plays too. I think he's, his ball skills like crazy. So somebody like that uh, for linebackers, um, you know, I think they, they got to, I think they have a good mold of what they want to do at linebacker. They just got to find some guys who can cover. Yeah. They got to find some guys who can cover and, you know, play his own coverage just a little bit better. I think that was Divide Diablo's problem. He was totally lost out there. He wasn't getting to where he needs to be. I think, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe they trade for some of the Giants guys, like Tay Crowder, they, mm. uh, some of those guys are out there. I know it's just throwing ideas out here now, but right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's I mean, get so, creative. Yeah, let's get creative, right? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you know, like uh, Tay Crowder and some of those guys yeah. out there, I think they could, uh, they could maybe make some deals and try to bring some guys to, fit what Graham wants to do, you know, and he's, you know, take Jay Crowder is a seventh rounder, but they, uh, who knows what, what the value, what their value in over there, but they, they gotta, they, they gotta build up those positions, but defense tackle too. So we gotta do so, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. There's a lot. And you go, okay, yeah, we need to look at also, well, that's pretty much everything on on defense, you know, but the linebackers, when I think about them, and I like what you had to say about, you know, what they already kind of have established there. I mean, Jayon Brown was somebody that didn't really pan out that I think they were bringing in in terms of coverage, but for whatever reason, wasn't starting at certain points when he was healthy, you know, healthy scratch, if you will. So um, not sure what to make of that there. And, but Luke, Masterson, however, has been kind of a bright spot for an undrafted free agent. And then you look at the relationship that um, Anthony, I mean, um, excuse me, Darian Butler has with Antonio Pierce. And you think like, well, hey, you know, maybe some growth there, more development there. And right now I know Butler's more special teams than anything. But if you can bring someone like him along, do you think that they those undrafted free agent type guys have some potential here? Yeah, I think uh, Masterson has, has potential. I think, I mean, it's been a little up and down for him sometimes. I think he played pretty good against the pass uh, the, the previous week against uh, Steelers. I think he played pretty good against pass there. But then, you know, sometimes in the run with him, he just kind of gets out of position. So definitely not, he definitely has to work and get stronger to play NFL linebacker. That's what he's got going off season. He's got to hit those weights. He's got to put some power on, some strength, so he can come out there and take some linebackers on. So maybe, that's something maybe he could do. I mean, some guys who have to work out, they'll put the strength on. To, to be able to handle these guards. Cause I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of his problem is that he wants to go around people. Same thing with Gary Butler. They want to go around people. So they're kind of just taking them on straight up. And, you know, you can't do that in the run game in the NFL. Sometimes you got to be like, Nintendo Perryman, just boom, pop too. So, um, and yeah, so they, they got to find uh, that type of guy. I mean, they might bring Perryman back too. I mean, I think they might like him a lot, especially in the scheme. I thought he played uh, pretty well. Uh, you know, it, Maybe not as strong as he was in Gus Bradley's game, but I still think he's made some play more plays in the past game this year than he did previously. So they might bring him back for that linebacker position. But, you know, I, I think the young guys, they, they really like. Uh, and, you know, I, I really see more from Masterson, from Darren Butler. But, you know, uh, my guy Mel Robinson from ASU is coming. So I don't know. Maybe Tony Pierce might come and steal him uh, in the <laughs> draft. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. If you had to go to the defensive side, I know you're working on your draft special coming up. If you had to go to the defensive side of the ball, what pick out there that you've kind of already done some film on has stood out to you, somebody that you uh, think could make a really good fit? Uh, like I mentioned Christian Gonzalez already. I think yeah. that's, that's, that was I kind of just penciling, man. I, I mean, if they picked him, I'd be ecstatic. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good player. Um, you know, another guy I like, I, I like um, – 
from I can't think of his name right now, but he's from Texas Tech. I think it's Tyree Tyree Wilson. I might sorry, I might be wrong yeah. there. Uh, but but uh, he's from Texas Tech. He's defensive end. I, I really like him. I, I think he's a, a fit for what Patrick Graham likes. Maybe a little bit uh, lack of bend there a little bit, but I, I think that he, uh, he he definitely plays a run really well. Since the edge kind kind of has a little bit of you know, Chandler Jones esque type of moves to him a little bit too as a pass rusher. So a lot of power, a lot of strength. And I, I think they, they want somebody who can play the run to set the edge. So I really like somebody like that for them as a draft. But that might they might get too high if they end up losing that game for him. But of course, I mean, we're in Will Anderson, Jalen Carter range if they lose this but, next game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, it was six, right? I, I, I was watching uh, uh, somebody else from Florida, Jalen Carter. Just I ended up watching Jalen Carter the whole time. So that kind of tell you how good he is. He's ridiculous. So that would change the whole defense. Him and Max Crosby would be nuts. Will Anderson. And uh, okay. I, I think I, I think Jalen Carter is a better player than Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson. Um, I think when people watch tape on him, they're just kind of see that he's a little bit more raw than people think. Um, but I, he's a stud too. But you're gonna have to put some work on him. Make sure to you know, help him get more refined as a, t- as a technician. But I mean, right. you've got Max Crosby over there. Like he's a technician right now, and you know, Chandler Jones still be there. But yeah, they get Jalen Carter, man. I I don't know what's gonna happen with defensive line. They think it's whole team. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Oh man. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much again for the time today, Marcus. I always appreciate your insight on all things. Uh, as of right now, I also just want to make this announcement while uh, we're here on the show uh, that the NFL has just updated on the bills and Bengals game for week 18. And uh, as of right now, there's still in contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin, who was injured in Monday night football after a hit um, and, you know, T Higgins and he collapsed on the field, cardiac arrest, critical condition still in Cincinnati but as of right now with the NFLPA this is the statement uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs that the game will not be resumed this week and that the NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date the league has not made any changes to the week 18 regular season schedule and they'll continue to provide information as it becomes available uh, Marcus just quickly your opinion on just how this has been handled to me. I think everything has gone the best case scenario and caring about DeMar first as a person and these teams as people. What have been your thoughts on this situation just as it's unfolded? Yeah, I, I thought it, it started off a little rocky. Even with the whole they're about to play in five minutes. I think that was right. kind of crazy. I thought it started off with that. Thought the coaches. And I, I don't know who knows who made that call. I know it's, it's getting all rocky. Who made that call right now? But they, somebody, whoever made the call, made the right call to kind of have these players, you know, go to their locker rooms, try to figure out what's going to happen, because that's crazy. I mean, it, it's it's something that you you know you know you don't expect to experience as a football player. You know, especially the way that hit went. It didn't look crazy. It looked like a normal hit. It looked like you just going to get up and just something that, you know, it's just wild to see, you know. So that that experience, you know, and having that happen to them, there's no way they could have kept playing. It would have been an awful football game. Nothing, Nobody wanted to watch. Football's so emotional, too. It's an emotional sport that, like, anything, you know, you know, anything can kind of, you know, knock off some type of players. You know, it's such a, such a mental sport. They got to think and a lot of things. You got to remember coverages. You got to remember things. And if you're, you know, not the emotional state, it's not, you're not going to play well. So it, it, it would have been a big deal for that. So uh, I think it was to make the right decision and kind of suspend the game was an awesome decision. Yeah. Well, uh, I, well, 
definitely keep everybody updated on what happens with this. We'll have our show um, coming out as well, The Blitz, where we discuss it in further detail with Adam Hill. And there's also some information that we have from the NFL and Raiders that I put up into a video form that you can look onto for just reference sake about how these uh, steps are taken with the NFL, how every stadium has different um, policies, procedures in place so that players are aware of everything pregame and there's these medical meetings and whatnot. So uh, just if you want to take a look to find out more about how the NFL deals with situations and health and safety at Allegiant and more, that's all up on VegasNation.com. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on here and the show and discussing all of what um, we needed to break down about the Raiders, Jared Stidham, what's going on with all the quarterback situation and all. So I appreciate all of your insight as always. Uh, we know where to follow you on Twitter, the Mark John NFL, but where can, what can people look forward to right coming up next from me, from you? Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely keep up the draft stuff. We're definitely doing draft, draft, draft. We do that every year. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Hoyer is going to he's at he's actually going to the East West Shrine game this year, so we get some reports from that. So we're going to definitely a lot of draft stuff we're going to be doing. And then uh, you know, uh, you know, check out. I, I just wrote an article too on SB Nation about Josh McDaniels and the other quarterbacks he has uh, in his career. So I, I wrote an article about that. So check that out too. Also, uh, you know, just. Check out all the TDL stuff. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing, doing all types of breakdowns, uh, you know, because the offense is going to be the same. So, I mean, <laughs> the <laughs> offense isn't changing. Quarterback is, but the offense isn't. So, definitely keep the breakdown. So, yeah, nothing's changed but the names of the players in the game, right? So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much again, Marcus. And I look forward to always having another conversation with you soon in the future. All right. Thank you. Cool. And for everybody out there, make sure to check in with all our shows. Hit subscribe anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We have three shows per week with uh, our Vegas Nation podcast. So uh, also check out everything that we do in print and online at VegasNation.com. For Marcus Johnson, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you so much for listening. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.